Now all across North Carolina, it's Carolina Newsmakers. Here's your host, Don Curtis. Well, hello again and welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. Mike Causey, our Commissioner of Insurance, is with us today. He is, uh, uh, I guess you're about uh, halfway through your first term. A little over halfway, yeah. Don. Thank you. Well, uh, you know, this is a good time to uh, meet with you. And uh, we've already had one program before. And, and I'm sure even since that time, you've probably uncovered new things about your job that may have may not been a surprise. So I'm going to start off by just saying, when you when you took office and you came into the office, uh, a month later after that, what would you have said was your biggest surprise about your new position and your new responsibilities? Well, the the amount of things that are that are under the Department of Insurance, as well as the the depth of those things, and particular when it comes to areas like insurance fraud, and then what we do with fire department inspections and certifications and and that type thing. Because uh, you know, I'm going to interrupt you before you go on because you are also the fire commissioner for the state of North Carolina. Right. When you're yep. elected insurance commissioner, you're elected state fire marshal. Yep. So that. That puts a whole nother perspective on it. Well, getting back to the original question, so so let's uh, uh, let's follow up on that while we're in that point. What are some of the many other things that you do that perhaps the public doesn't understand about your office, and, and more importantly, what don't you do? We we do a little of everything. No. We're the chief building inspector for the state, so all state building inspections engineering codes, the State Building Code Council, that comes under us at the Department of Insurance. And you know, most people don't have any idea that we have 220 different building inspection jurisdictions across North Carolina. We also have law enforcement. We do criminal investigations. It's primarily to fight insurance fraud and arson investigations. But these are fully sworn law enforcement officers that have the same arrest powers as somebody with the SBI or any other police department. Well, you know, that's a, that's an awful lot to be under one department, uh, but it all makes sense to put it together. It does. And we, we also oversee collection agencies, loan companies like the household goods, loan companies, premium finance companies, Things of that nature. Payday loan lending, yes. and that, that sort of thing. Well, you've got an awful lot under your hat. Uh, uh, how many people are in the uh, employment of the Department of Insurance? Well, the legislature put the Industrial Commission under the Department of Insurance back in 2017, and the Industrial Commission brought us 140 new employees. So all total, uh, there's uh, about 620 total employees. You know, this is an interesting state because it's long and narrow, so it's a long way from Manio to Murphy. That's for sure. Yeah. And I will say this, uh, since, I've took o- since I took office in January of 2017, I have made official visits to all 100 counties in this state, uh, visiting fire departments, emergency management managers, uh, insurance agencies, building inspectors, and and all of those other things that, that we regulate. Now, we were talking about things that you don't do. One of the things that is sometimes misunderstood is the matter of health insurance. And what is your role in health insurance? Well, it's not as large as it once was because the federal government sort of took over health insurance back uh, when they, they call it Obamacare or under the Affordable Care Act. 
it really changed health insurance for everybody in the United States. Uh, but we still have control over the rates. Uh, for example, if, if uh, Blue Cross or, or some other health insurer wants to raise rates, it ha- it, it's presented to, to my department. Well, you know, health uh, care, of course, affects everyone, as does all of the insurance matters. Uh, and this is the reason it's so interesting to have you on the program, because everybody deals with insurance companies one way or the other. I mean, you've got to have car insurance right. to drive. Uh, you, If you own property, it's got to be insured, and then you get into all these other areas as well. But health care, of course, is, an, uh, is a major concern of a lot of people, and the cost just keeps rising. It's one of the biggest problems out there. It's a, it's a problem for business owners. It's a problem for individuals and families, and it's a problem for the state. We hear it a lot under the discussions under the state health plan and the discussion that's going on about Medicaid expansion and, and all that. But on things that we don't regulate, we, don't, we do not regulate federal flood insurance. So that, that's one thing. Sometimes people think we regulate that, but that's a federal program. You mentioned that the uh, insurance commission, the industrial commission, has been recently placed under, uh, under your auspices. Uh, exactly what does the industrial commission do, and how does that fit into what you do? The industrial commission regulates workers' compensation in North Carolina. It's an independent agency that primarily attorneys, uh, and there's six of those that serve six-year terms. This was created by the legislature, but those members are appointed by the governor. So Workman's Comp is basically another form of insurance. And it so is. It makes sense for it to be under you. Yes, yeah. it does. Now, at one time we had some, uh, didn't we have some overpayments or deficits in that area? Well, we, we had some issues in work workers comp going back years ago yeah. and i it's my understanding that the that the amount of fines over the years have substantially over the last four years have substantially increased over where they were so uh, even though i don't run the day-to-day operations of the industrial commission uh, they they seem to be doing a good job in you know going after those people that are that are not paying the premiums and so forth well, already in the news this week is uh, information about the fir- what may be the first hurricane that hits, and of course that's always a major concern. And, and as you said, uh, that's another complex issue because you do have federal flood insurance, uh, and of course uh, so much of the damage that is done from uh, hurricanes is not wind damage, it's uh, the, the resulting rain damage. Right, and we're still reeling from Hurricane Florence, yes. as you well know. And the one before that, and, and the Matt, one before Matthew, that. <laughs> right. And when Hurricane Florence came, uh, and I've never seen this, at one point or another, every single county, all 100 counties, at one point was under an emergency weather warning. We ended up with at least 23 counties declared disaster areas. In our department, I was there every week. We went out to those counties. We set up insurance camps. We teamed up with FEMA. We teamed up with the charities like Salvation Army, Red Cross, Samaritan's Purse to help those people that did not have insurance. But we were there in these insurance camps every week 
to help people on the spot file claims and work through FEMA if they had federal flood insurance and that sort of thing. So the main thing that, that we learned was it's better to be prepared to know what you're going to do before that hurricane hits. And that's why we have on our website at ncdoi.com a section called NC Her Claims. Hurry Claims is H-U-R-R-I Claims, C-L-A-I-M-S dot com. And it tells people what to do before, during, and after a storm. Well, you know, uh, you mentioned fraud. Uh, every time you have a natural disaster, you have those who are going to come in and try to, to pull scams and things of this nature. And uh, I'm sure, that, again, that's an area where you work with multiple different agencies to, to try to solve it. But uh, basically, uh, the elderly usually get taken advantage of during those times with uh, uh, yard workers and things of this nature. Right, and that's particularly true with uh, roofing contractors. Yeah. We see that a lot after every storm where these out-of-state people will go door-to-door and they'll just pull into somebody's driveway and say, uh, your neighbor had storm damage. You may have storm damage on your roof. Could we go up and check it? And unfortunately, there are some unscrupulous operators out there that will just go up and create the damage and come back and tell you they need to fix it and it won't cost you anything. They'll file it with your insurance company. So how do you go about uh, uh, prosecuting these people? We have a fraud control group, and the person that heads up that fraud control group is Marty Sumner, who was chief of police in High Point, North Carolina, for many years. And under the fraud control group, we have our criminal investigations division, bail bonds, regulatory division. We have attorneys that work as prosecutors working with our district attorneys around the state. And we also have a special services review division, which looks at uh, the forensics, the the financial forensics and the computer forensics and that sort of thing. So if, for example, if we get a complaint, a criminal complaint in, somebody says we suspect fraud, our investigators will look at it They'll gather the facts and investigate it, and it's it's either going to be uh, criminal or civil, uh, generally. And some, if there's nothing there, you know, we let the people know there's nothing there. But if it's a criminal case, we actually go in, make the arrest, and pursue it through the court system. Well, it's it's always a shame when that sort of thing happens, and and. Uh and, of course, people are uh, under duress uh, when they have damage to their house and they want it fixed, and here comes somebody saying, I can fix it, it's going to cost you this much, and in many cases they have nothing to compare it with. Well, that's right, and the thing I want people to know is that from the Department of Insurance, we're here to help. You know, my message is we're here to help, and whatever your question, if you just have a question, call us. We have a toll-free number. It's 855-408-1212. They're welcome to call my office directly. It's 919-807-6003. And we'll put them in touch with people that are there every day. We have consumer people that are on those phones Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, to help answer your questions. They may not know the answer right then, but they will find out if it's, a say, a claim and you're not you're not getting results on getting a claim settled in a timely manner, let us know. 
we'll get involved and we'll help out. Sounds great. Well, Commissioner Mike Causley is our guest today. He is the insurance commissioner for the state of North Carolina, midway through his first term. And uh, we'll be back with more discussion about insurance and all the various ways that it affects us here in North Carolina right after these messages. You've got your shades on, do you? So cool, so hip, so sheltered by frames of UV protection to show the world you are a force. But did you also know by wearing sunglasses you're doing your eyes a favor? That's right. Sunglasses help avoid overexposure to the sun, which can produce red eyes, a feeling of grittiness, even excessive tearing. But you, oh master of the incognito, are taking care of your eyes without even knowing it. For more easy ways to keep keeping your eyes healthy, see your optometrist or visit AOA.org. We continue with Carolina Newsmakers. Here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers. Honorable uh, Mike Causey is our guest. He is the insurance commissioner for the state of North Carolina, two years into his first term, as we said before. And uh, we are uh, going to talk about all forms of insurance as we go through the program and also your role as fire marshal. What uh, what in, inspired you to to, uh, to apply for this job? You apply when you set yourself up for election. That, that's the same thing as applying. That's exactly right. And I, I spent most of my career in the insurance industry. Prior to that, I was in the construction industry and in civil engineering construction management. And the Department of Insurance, as I said earlier, regulates the construction in in that uh, we oversee building inspections, engineering codes, and that sort of thing, and we regulate all types of insurance, whether it's automobile, life, accident, and health, property, casualty, with the exception of the federal flood insurance program. So I've always had an interest in this, and when I started many years ago in the insurance industry, I got involved at the local level in politics by helping other people run for office and have just always stayed involved with politics and ended up uh, being asked to run for office. So, and I tell people, be careful what you ask for because you you know, here, here I am. <laughs> you never right. know. Now, you're a native of Guilford County. Is that, is that That's where you live before you came into this? I, I live on the same farm where I grew up. I'm a fifth-generation farmer. And I still live in Guilford County, in the Alamance community of Guilford County, right outside Greensboro. And uh, when I, my office is here in Raleigh, we have regional offices around the state, but I commute. Yeah, you bring up a, a case. I don't think we've ever talked about crop insurance, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, as I was talking to the Agriculture Commissioner not so long ago, I was uh, we were talking about uh, – we were in a little period of drought, and he said something I, that I never had thought of. He said, drought's no problem. We can handle drought. We can bring in water. What we can't do is when we have too much water. Exactly. Yeah, he's right about that. We saw from Hurricane Florence, we, we saw whole crops get washed away with all that flooding. And there's you know, some crops that do have crop insurance, and there's other crops that that are not covered. So it, now, is that a federal program, or is that under you also? It is under federal program. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, the farmer, <laughs> I, I've never seen a business quite like it because they, when they plant it, they have no idea if it's going to come up. They have no idea what the price is going to be when they sell it. Exactly. It's, it's, uh, it's one interesting business. It's a high-risk high risk business for sure. And uh, somehow or another, uh, I had one farmer tell me one time, he says, you know, you have one really good year about every four years, and the rest of them you just sort of endure. 
it, it, that's it. <laughs> no, when you were on the farm, what did you raise? We raised produce. We had, of course, some livestock, some cows and uh, uh, hogs and chickens, uh, small you know, small quantities. But we primarily, primarily raised uh, local produce for the farm market. Let's talk a little bit about homeowners insurance because this is something that almost everybody uh, in, in, uh, finds themselves engaged in conversation with their agent. What are the questions that a person should be concerned about uh, when they're dealing with their agent on homeowners insurance? What, what are some of the things they need to think about? The biggest thing I can think of is make sure you have replacement coverage because if you have a, a fire or any other loss, in your home, you want to make sure that your policy will recover the replacement. And if you don't have that, it's going to cost you a, a lot of money. So uh, talking about replacement insurance, there, there are a number of things that aren't covered, and they are covered by riders. Or the, uh, for example, a, a large jewelry collection is, is, has limits on a regular policy. Right. You want to, know, you want to get with your agent not only at the time you buy the policy, but at least every year or two to review that homeowner's policy to make sure you understand what is covered and what is not covered because sometimes you may have outbuildings and you have some equipment and valuables stored in those outbuildings unless that's unless you have a farm owner's policy or some sort of rider that states the outbuildings are covered, you may not be covered. And the same thing with antique collections, uh, art collections, jewelry collections, and all of that. Unless you have separate riders, those things may not be covered. You may have $500,000 worth of jewelry and antiques, but in a regular homeowner's policy, it may be limited to $1,000 or some other amount. And so you want to make sure you know what's covered. Make sure you know what your deductibles are. Some people prefer to have a low deductible and pay a little higher premium. Other people want a lower premium with a much higher deductible. Now, I'm uh, watching the uh, and listening to commercials these days. There's a lot of a lot of the insurance companies that are underwriting car insurance that are suggesting also to bundle, put your auto insurance with the same company that ha- that handles your homeowner's policy, and, and vice versa, I guess. Is and that you, a good you idea? You see that a lot because some there's some companies that require that. There's some yep. companies that say we have your homeowner's coverage, but your car insurance is with someone else, and we're not going to renew your homeowner's policy unless you give us your car insurance. So you have the different rules that different insurance companies have, but – I think it's a good idea to check with your agent and to shop around because there's there's quite a bit of difference in premiums among different companies. So I guess you set maximum rates, but you don't set minimum rates. Well, there there is. The rate bureau does have a minimum rate. It's sort of like a window. The rate bureau has a minimum and a maximum. So a company could not give, a, give away insurance. No. They would have to. They would have to be able to get enough in premium to make sure that, that they're going to be financially solvent. 
Well, you know, that's one of the things that you hear from time to time when you see a court case and there's a huge insurance settlement and people say, well, the insurance company's got plenty of money. The interesting thing about that is they forget where they're getting the money. They're getting it from the other policyholders. That's right. You're you're all... We're all contributing. When we pay that premium, we're paying somebody else's yeah. loss. I mean, it's not some magic po- pocket of money that somebody happens to have. The money comes from the, from the other policy owners. Exactly. That's what we say about fraud. You know, people don't realize that one out of every 10 insurance claims that are filed is a fraudulent claim. So when we're paying those premium dollars, uh, our actuaries say, Close to 20 cents, 18 to 20 cents of every dollar we pay on any type of insurance is going to pay for insurance fraud. So if you don't get tough on fraud and go after that fraud and prosecute that fraud, then we're going to keep paying more and more for our insurance. So I guess, uh, you know, the, the honest folks are the ones who suffer, uh, and, and sometimes they uh, – but I have heard that a number of times when there's a court case and there's a $2 million or $3 million settlement, uh, and they say, well, that's the insurance company. They've got plenty of money. And that, that we're all going to pay for. We're it. all going to pay for it. <laughs> and, you know, there are some very creative crooks out there <laughs> that come up with all sorts of new ways to – Beat the system. Well, and of course, you know, we are, we're talking about uh, the bad guys. There's also an awful lot of very reputable insurance companies that do business the right way. We're, not, we're not implying that insur- the insurance industry is at fault because uh, uh, there are many, many, I'm sure there's far more reputable companies than there are in You have some of the finest people in the world working for insurance companies, and some of the finest companies in the country are insurance companies. And, you know, I spent a a big part of my career with Metropolitan MetLife, headquartered out of New York. And, you know, they're still in business today since 1868. So you also have a number of insurance companies that are now owned by foreign countries. And I, I, I was shocked when I became commissioner to learn that almost one fourth of the insurance companies doing business in the United States are owned by foreign countries. Now, uh, to sell insurance in North Carolina, they have to come to you and be licensed. Correct. Yeah. Uh, how often do you review these companies to purge out those that maybe need to be purged? We're reviewing files daily. Yeah. Uh, we have different divisions. We have divisions that look at companies. We have divisions that look at agents agent licensing, and we issue over 680,000 different licenses a year. A lot of that is things like uh, electrical contractors, building inspectors, bail bondsmen, surety bondsmen, but it's also insurance brokers, life accident and health and property casualty, different types of insurance. But we have financial examiners We have examiners that go into insurance agencies and examine their books. We have examiners that go to the companies. And so we're looking closely every day at at companies, and they come up on a regular basis. I want you to repeat those uh, numbers and the uh, website address while we've got just a few minutes in this segment. So if you need help, uh, if you've got any questions at all, you can, first of all, you can go to the website and find out a lot of information. And that URL is? That's ncdoi.com. It stands for North Carolina Department of Insurance. So I think even I can remember that. ncdoi.com. 
And and the telephone number's right there on the website, but they the toll free number is eight five five four zero eight one two one two or my direct line to my office and and Teresa will answer the phone. She'll get you to anywhere you need to go in the Department of Insurance and that's nine one nine eight zero seven six zero zero three. Uh how many calls a day do you get? We handled 275,000 calls last year from our consumer group. Uh, I can't tell you how many just regular calls we get, but there's a lot of calls. That's a lot of calls. That come in every day. Okay, let's talk a little bit about your role as fire marshal. And, uh, uh, you know, one of the things that's interesting about uh, uh, that role is not only do you work with city and county fire units that are paid professionals, but you deal with an awful lot of wonderful people who are called volunteer firemen that's right and and i want to give a shout out to all of our volunteer firefighters and all of our first responders uh, ems law enforcement everybody that's out there on the front lines but i make it a point every week to get out in the counties and visit different fire departments uh, primarily volunteer fire departments this week we were down at sharpsburg and uh, that's a town that actually covers three counties. It's Wilson, Nash, Edgecombe. And I talked to a former fire chief, and he said, I have a breakfast every morning in three different counties because the restaurant's right there in the corner of those three counties. And by going out and meeting with these firefighters and talking with the emergency management folks, you get to know and understand the problems locally and you find out that the local problems are pretty common all across North Carolina and the nation. And we still have 70% of our firefighters that are volunteers. Now, you need to think about this. These are volunteers. They are donating their time. And we do have paid firefighters. For example, we have firefighters in the city of Raleigh the city of Greensboro that also serve as volunteer firefighters for some of the outlying fire departments. But all in North Carolina and all across the nation, 90% of our fire departments depend on volunteers to operate. Now, if we had to pay all these people, it would be an incredible burden. You wouldn't have enough money because we have counties, and there's, there's not that many counties in North Carolina left that are totally volunteer, but we still have some counties that have all volunteer fire departments in those counties. And if that county had to pay, it would be millions of dollars per fire department that, that it would cost the, the taxpayers. So, well, you know, the, the other thing I think deserves a lot of recognition here is not only are they not paid and not uh, their time is involved, but they're, they're in hazardous work. I mean, they, they're, they're putting the life on the They line. are putting their life on the lines every day. We see it. Uh, we Tragically, every year we have uh, firefighters. Many times the volunteer firefighters are killed in the line of duty. And people don't realize the, the risk, the exposure – there's risk. There's more cancer risk uh, to to some of these different chemicals, and sometimes they're they're uniforms, and so and the stress and the hardships that it places on their families. I'll give you an example. I was up in the mountains a few weeks back. 
were having a luncheon with some of the firefighters, and they had just ordered their food, and no food had been served yet. We had we had water, and a couple of iced teas had been delivered, but the fire call went off, and those firefighters had to jump up and leave. They never got to take the first bite of food, and I say, how many times have we seen that, where our police officers, state troopers, or firefighters have have placed that order at a restaurant, and they are, had to make that call, the EMT folks, and they never get that first bite of food. And I, the, the fire chief sort of joked with me. He said, we get a lot of calls in the summertime, so we lose a little mm-hmm. weight. We don't get to eat that much. So we all take that for granted. We go out to eat with our family. We order food. We expect to get that food and eat it and have a leisurely meal. But these uh, first responders don't have that luxury. We're all out of time. You're almost perfect. You've given me just enough time to thank Insurance Commissioner Mike Causey for being our guest. And if you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com and listen to the entire broadcast or share it with a friend. Our program has been produced by Jason Kong, and he'll have another guest for us again next week on the same group of stations. Have a nice week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.